everyone and welcome to the seventh edition of Ground Control. Our sessions in Ground Control have been focused entirely around the impacts of COVID-19 and the major oil shock that it had to the markets. What we're actually now seeing is a, is a move out of some of these issues and today's session is all about recession and the road through recession. It's entitled Uncover, Discover, Recover the Road Through Recession. And today we also have with us the Chief Investment Officer, uh, Emmanuel Caligaris, who's going to unpack some of those issues that we're now starting to see as we have had the announcement from the Treasurer that we are moving into recession. Welcome, Emmanuel. Thanks very much again for your, uh, your time today. We've seen the market start to move up, although uh, the Treasurer has sort of announced that we are actually in recession. How do those, things, those two things actually work together? Okay, well, uh, welcome everybody and thanks, Graham, for having me back again. Um, it's interesting because uh, markets are always forward-looking and they're always discounting what's in the uh, news today and trying to work out where we're going in the future. Um, as we had spoken about in our uh, last video, uh, we said that this uh, recession was induced. Um, we knew that the shutdown, the effect that it was going to have, um, and uh, so consequently it didn't come as a big shock to us. Sure, the market started to fall away. Um, when we started and the levels that we started from in markets back in February of, uh, of this year, um, we were a little bit high anyway. According to our numbers, we were probably about 10% overvalued. Um, I must say I was a bit shocked shocked at how quickly the market sold off and by how much it sold off. I mean, I thought that that was uh, a very um, sharp reaction um, and maybe overreaction by uh, market players. What we've seen now, because markets are discounting the future, they're saying, OK, well, less bad is actually quite good. And we feared the worst. Um, the recession uh, was, or at least the numbers for first quarter GDP, minus 0.3 was probably a little bit better than minus 0.5, minus 0.6 that a few people had expected. So bring levels up a little bit. Um, and now we can see that we're getting back to work quicker, um, which means that spending patterns may recover a little bit quicker, um, that the economy, I mean, as we know, the international borders are going to stay closed for some time. doesn't mean our exports are, are going to die off completely, um, but there is a little bit of a, uh, somewhat of a, a, a lag there, which won't be picked up for probably another year and a half to two years. So that recession that we're seeing um, being discounted is a less bad outcome than what we were previously um, anticipating. Okay, and just for the uh, the clients uh, and the advisors again, um, the definition of a recession, uh, the word is sort of very uh, scary sometimes, but uh, is it as scary as the actual word itself? Oh, it can be. I mean, uh, you know, the uh, the recession that we almost, well, we, we did avoid, but uh, the US recession through the global financial crisis was very sharp um, and very scary indeed. Um, as you know, we avoided it thanks to China uh, unleashing a, a massive spending and, and taking our exports, so we we didn't fall into it. But, you know, you generally find that recessions are, are, are times and periods when unemployment rises quite sharply. You're now, you know, sort of scrounging for being able to pay the mortgage, being able to put food on the table, um, you know, maintain your lifestyle, so to speak. So they can be pretty tricky and pretty scary times. Um, this, this time around, though, we, we had JobSeeker um, and JobKeeper 
payments, which buffeted us. Uh, so, you know, you don't have to go to your savings or you didn't have to get into your, uh, or at least uh, you know, join the unemployment queues in order to, um, to maintain your, your living standard. In fact, some people actually were better off under uh, JobKeeper than they were previously. So that stimulus that came through, plus the Reserve Bank dropped interest rates to 0.25%, um, that all helped to try and cushion this, uh, this, this recession that we're having as best as they possibly could. And personally, I think they've done a pretty decent job of it. Good, good. Look, you hear a lot of um, talk about different shapes, the V-shape, the U-shape, uh, Paul Keating's old J-curve. Um, how long before, as we move out of the major um, uh, restrictions we've actually had with COVID-19, do you think we'll have an idea as to what type of curve it will be <laughs> that we'll experience? Um, so my view had been for quite some time that um, it looked V-shape-ish, okay? Um, and there's a few people that are saying, you know, it was going to be a W. So we were going to go down, we were going to rebound, and then we were going to go back down to touch the low point that we saw before. But that was all on the basis of we're going to get a second wave. Now, whether we get a second wave and we have to shut things down again, um, I'm not sure. There's a very strong chance that it's going to keep coming from overseas because they won't have, have had the same uh, success that we've had. Uh, so once the borders are open, we're going to be very vigilant. Um, and how do you control it? I don't think you can. I mean, again, uh, you know, the, the symptoms in the carriers is very mild indeed. So, you know, it kind of goes undetected for a period of time, then you've got it spreading throughout the community again. I, I would say, though, our next reaction um, is likely to be that we're going to quarantine the ones that are most at risk and the rest of us will probably all catch it at some point in time because um, although they're still trying to find uh, a, an antiviral for it, um, you know, they're, they're not having a great deal of success with it. So uh, the more herd uh, immunity that we get, the better it is, but we've got to make sure that we, uh, we do quarantine those that are most at risk. So from that perspective, um, I don't think we're going to get a W-shaped recovery. Um, v, yes, and then we're sort of going to, you know, just, just then W after the big bounce V along. is bounce along. That's the best guess I can see at the moment. Um, and then if unemployment doesn't stay sticky around 6 to 6.5%, we start trending down below the, the 55 towards five and potentially into the fours again, um, then the economy is, is going to be doing just fine and, and we, can, we can see further strength at the end of 21-22, sometime around there. But for a period of time now, the market seems like it's, it's recovered. Um, we had forecast uh, at the end of um, April that the banks were looking fairly cheap. And remember, the stock markets are interesting because the bigger the weighting of a company in the stock market, the more influence it's going to have on the stock market index. The banks are about 25% of the Australian market. So the banks were looking somewhere between, at the time, uh, about 25 to 35% cheap. Now again, uh, if you think about that, Westpac at $15, it was worth kind of $20. And guess where we are today? We're back to $20. So we've had a 33% increase, $5 increase back to $20 or just over $20. There's your 33%. So if our forecast target was about you know, that $20 mark, we're there now. Um, there's no reason why it should fall off a cliff. Um, again, you know, as I said, um, unless the unemployment rate keeps rising and we 
you know, we don't expect that to happen. Um, so the market looks fair value where we are. Good. Uh, before we talk about the Australian market in a little bit more depth, um, let's, let's head external. Um, the two major issues and, and headlines are always something that um, uh, are really interesting but sometimes don't have the impacts that people might believe. We've had um, uh, China pull the pin on some of our um, uh, exports or imports to them, uh, such as beef, uh, and we had the, the increase in tariff for, uh, for barley. And uh, the other issue has been, uh, obviously, this substantial civil unrest that's actually in the US at the moment. Can you just come on, comment on what both of those may have, if they have any effect on Australia or some effect? So, so the beef and the barley one's interesting because um, barley just didn't happen. Um, it was alleged about, I think it was somewhere between 12 and 18 months ago, that Australia dumped a whole lot of barley on China because, and dumping by definition, um, is that you know you're selling below your cost price. Um, so uh, they they alleged that our farmers were dumping barley on a below cost price, and really why will that, Australia is fantastic in agricultural produce. I mean, we are probably one of the sharpest producers at the right price. Um, and they didn't like it. Uh, so they said, well, you can't possibly produce barley cheaper than us. I mean, how can you do that? <laughs> really? Uh, so, um, so, so basically they said, you know, and therefore for your trans transgressions, um, we're going to slap you with a whole lot of tariffs. Um, that just means the price of beer is going to go up in China, I reckon. <laughs> so, right. so, so uh, good luck, Ting Tao. Um, you're probably going to be paying a little bit more for your input. So, um, so that, that's that's that bit. Then I guess things escalated a little bit with um, with the beef. So that was that was coming back to, you know, China, please tell us um, how you let this outbreak get, get to such an extreme before you even told the, the World Health Organisation um, about it and how, why it took you so long to quarantine. We should have an investigation um, into why you didn't quarantine quicker um, and uh, allow the outbreak to happen the way it did. They didn't like that, so they said, well, we'll, we'll probably fix you up. So that, that is going to hurt us a little bit. I mean, how much? I don't know. I mean, you know, again, um, we can and we probably will start to shift our final product to other parts of the world. As I said, we are a pretty low-cost producer. Um, and, uh, and we've got some well, absolute advantages, as per the economic term, um, absolute advantage in production of, of, of beef and a lot of, uh, a lot of uh, cereals and, and, and primary produce. Yeah, good quality produce, yeah. Good quality produce too. Now let's go over to the civil unrest that we've seen in, in um, America. Um, look, we've seen a lot of civil unrest in America over many, many, many years. Um, and just like we got over those episodes, and I won't say we got over them, we, they sort of faded into the background and the world kept going, I think this one will as well. Um, but, you know, as far as I can see, the message that is clear is that, you know, we can't be treating people differently. And, and um, uh, you know, it was a real tragedy what happened over there. And I think the, the, the outbreaks are right uh, to have happened. Um, again, it brings, you know, very important issues to the surface. But is it likely to um, derail the recovery over there as well or change the dynamics of the way that uh, companies are going to be behaving? I don't think so. So again, you know, we've had 
periods of war, we've had periods of civil unrest, we've, and the stock market does what it does and the profit motive is quite large so that you know we're getting the outcomes that we're getting at the moment. I think that that's going to repeat itself again. So yes, we, we'll get a little bit of turbulence here. The Nasdaq as at last night, so we're filming this on the 9th of, uh, of June, um, you know, uh, it's touched a new all-time high again. Uh, three short, less than three short months after we, we plummeted uh, 35, 36%. So um, again, I think that, uh, you know, uh, it's certainly symbolic, but the market does what the market will do. and, um, and you know, the, the, the ability to produce good product, make a profit, pay your, uh, your, your management and your investors, that's the reason why we're investing in, in share markets for the long term. So let's move back to home a little bit closer um, to, well, to where we're dealing with uh, today. Um, as we um, unlock the restrictions and uh, people get back to work, um, where do you think, you know, we've talked in the past about Obviously, the airlines, we've talked about uh, associated businesses like Flight Centre and some of the tourist uh, issues. Where do you think some of the uh, opportunities are going to arise um, as we unlock? Um, so, as we saw um, in the last uh, couple of weeks, uh, the biggest opportunity was the banks. Um, and uh, I still... I still think that the opportunity is in the material sector. So uh, the BHPs, Fortescue Rios of the world, uh, they still are looking fairly okay value, and that's not advice by the way, but they're looking at okay value at the moment um, with a little bit more upside to come. Um, after that, again, it's going to be pretty difficult. There'll be um, certain companies that will continue to do well. I think online sales are going to continue to do pretty well. Um, but we've heard that Coles now is, uh, after having, I think, employed somewhere around 35,000 people, are now starting to lay some of those 35,000 increased off. Having said that, you know, Qantas workers will start getting back to work again. Now, the prices have already moved to reflect these outcomes. Right? So, uh, so in terms of, as I gaze in our crystal ball and try and work out, you know, where is the fair value of the market? I think we're about here for now and I need, I need some new news in order to try and justify now where we're getting to. So in the short run, can we become slightly overvalued? Yes. Um, but again, valuations depend on what else can I do with my money? And the other thing that you generally do with your money is you put it on interest rates or you put it as a term deposit or you, you, know, or you can put it in the property market or you can do you know, something else with it which is earning, yourself, earning investors a yield. The difference between now and a short three months ago is that the official interest rate in Australia was about 1.5%. We're now at 0.25%. And what's important is the forward curve. So again, even fixed interest markets are forward looking, as all markets are forward looking. It's suggesting to us that the cash rate is likely to stay at 0.25% for the next three years. Wow. Now, as bank funding, so um, bank funding basically dried up, which meant that the banks had to pay more to attract capital. Um, and because they became riskier because we didn't know whether people were going to pay back their loans, um, you know, the, the interest rate that they had to offer to provide money to the banks went up. Right? Um, so that's happened. 
And now I think what we'll start seeing is that the term deposit rate starts to go further and further and further down. And it probably will settle somewhere about 0.75%, somewhere around there for a three-month money. Um, so now the question is, well, do I take the bank dividend yield of somewhere in the vicinity of about 6.5% or am I going to take the term deposit at 0.75%? And then, again, we, you can still get somewhere close to 1%, but what is likely to happen? That's what investors in the share market are looking at now um, and they've been prepared to bid up the price or drop the, the relative yield on, um, on bank shares because they saw that it had gotten far too wide and far too cheap to take the equity or the, the share price just became too cheap. Yeah, so we talked at the last session about total return and so th this is this issue. <coughs> Excuse me, they think the, the total return for the market plus the dividend is worth more so than uh, than the actual uh, return we're likely to get from a uh, from a uh, term deposit. Correct, correct, and, and risk adjusting that because mm. remember, if you're term deposit, you will guarantee to get your money back. Equity, you probably you know join the queue for amongst thousands of other people to get in before you. Um, so again, um, the risk adjusted return favoured the equities because they just got far too cheap relative to the the very safe haven status of a term deposit. Now, what else is likely to do well? Um, look, I still think the travel companies um, are likely to do okay. It would be lovely to see the borders open up right across Australia. I mean, I'm not really sure why you know, they're still closed between you know, Queensland and, and the rest of Australia and, and Western Australia. I think, you know, we're all Australians. <laughs> so from that perspective, you know, what, you, and they're no different up there to what we are here. And we're trying to keep the outbreak, you know, any outbreak quarantined. So we're all, we're all fighting for the same cause. Um, and all you're really doing is you're robbing uh, the, the, the companies that we, you and I, would go for, for a holiday up there uh, to warm our bones in this uh, awful winter that we're having. Um, and yet, you know, the poor uh, operators of, uh, of island cruises and the accommodation people over there and then everybody that they will employ, they're, they're being unjustly done by, in my personal opinion. So uh, it, once those, those companies, or at least those borders open up, even domestically, um, I think that those companies, which will then feed back into share markets again, um, that have related uh, um, uh, businesses. Uh, so again, back to Coles. We all go up there and we'll, we'll consume, or you know, whether it's Domino's Pizza, because we'll go up there and we'll decide to have uh, more takeout meals. Um, they're the companies that will benefit again. And by the way, Domino's Pizza looks a bit you know, cheapish here as well. I mean, you know, we we're still demanding that despite we're staying home, you know, we're taking a, a break from cooking. Yeah, let's just call up a Domino's and, and, and eat that instead. I'm too lazy to cook today. <laughs> Good. Uh, Emmanuel, you uh, were very vocal in um, uh, telling people at the beginning of this um, major pandemic to, uh, to sit tight, to keep in control, to not panic. Um, we've seen the market go down a substantial amount, but we've also seen it come back up again. Um, for those people who took your advice, I'm sure they'd be uh, be quite quite happy. Uh, are you when you're actually giving advice at the moment from our perspective? And I, I listen to you as chair of our investment committee. Um, that approach seems to have weathered this um, this major downturn. It's weathered some of the others as well. 
Uh, have your views changed at all when you see such a black swan event like we've had? Uh, uh, interesting, and that's a great question, Graham. No, they haven't. It's important that you know we're here for you know to, to invest for the next 10 to 15 years at least. You know, if not 20, maybe it even stretches out to 25. Um, and staying the course with your strategy is so important. And how do we do that? Well, within our world, what we like to do is make sure that we've got a good reserve. Um, one where the market can fluctuate up and down uh, and the, the, the reserves portfolio, yes, yeah, sure, it earns less than the share market, but it's there when you need it. That's the important piece. Um, then we want to have our growth assets and our core portfolio. Then we want to have our enhancements because really um, the enhancements are the part that gives you the long-term wealth that, uh, that you really don't want to crystallise those losses in the short term. You want them to work and you have to understand that that's a good seven to ten years worth of a strategy. And as the, as the share markets rise, you top up your buckets as you're going along. So you top up your reserves bucket um, and that way you won't panic. You will make sure that your behaviour is, look, I've got enough for the next three years. Look at this pandemic. We thought that the world was coming to an end and within three short months um, we're back up and as I said the Nasdaq in the United States is already touching new highs. We haven't touched new highs and we're you know, probably a little way off that but still we're, we've recovered quite nicely. And, and that's what's important here is if you panicked and crystallised your losses at the bottom of the market today you would be feeling the pain and, and probably not feeling too good about it. Uh, I did have a few calls Graham about um, you know are you sure about this and, and I said look I, I still think and it's been for 30 five years that we've been uh, espousing this type of strategy um, that, uh, that if you, you maintain your focus as an investor, um, the markets will do what they do and you only have to do some trimming at the edges uh, in order to make sure that you fulfil the, the, the desire to, to make your money last for the rest of your days. I haven't changed. Good. I still believe that that is a great strategy. Um, and, um, and one that will stand the test of time. I think the key word there is investor, not speculator. And uh, I think that's what we're there for. Emmanuel, once again, thanks very much for your time today. We really appreciate your inputs. And uh, we look forward to chatting with you at some stage in the near future. Thanks, Craig. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you again for listening to the seventh version of Ground Control. We hope you've found this to be helpful and we look forward to chatting with you uh, as we move through this recession uh, back into some degree of normality. Thank you.